Morning, church. Happy 40th anniversary. Praise the Lord. We're so glad that you're here. We want to welcome you. If you've been here for 40 years, we're glad that you've been here. If you've been for 20 years, we're glad that you're here. If today is your first day with us, we want to welcome you. And uh, we just believe in our believing God that if it's your first time here, maybe your second time, that, that even as we celebrate, there's something that is said, done, whether it's what was sung in the worship, somebody greeting you and talking to you, that, that if you're a believer, that you're further equipped to go from this place and minister to others. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this is your day to get to know the Savior of the world. And so we're so glad that you're here. Welcome once again. I want you to look at somebody next to you and say, the life of God dwells in me and the life of God dwells in you. Therefore, you have victory. In every situation, under every circumstance, and in every place. And your victory releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you go. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. We're having such a, a great time. Just want to let you know of a, a couple of things. Just remember, the golf tournament is coming up. And uh, uh, you want to register for the golf tournament, go on to the app. Uh, the golf cart's not out there this week, but uh, register for the app and um, uh, on the app. And the proceeds of the golf tournament are going to help with medical bills. Uh, one of our, our lead teacher for our three-year-old class, her husband, as we've told you before, has been in the hospital for months. Uh, in fact, he's just come back uh, to town, is in the rehab facility in Rifle. And so, man, I mean, transformation has been taking place as you've been praying and standing uh, with him. But for months and months, and so the medical bills, and so the proceeds of the golf tournament are going to go to help them with their medical bills. And so just working and fulfilling, really, the mission that God's given us to love, lift, and reach people. This is just one way we can do it. And uh, isn't it amazing? God always calls us to love, lift, and reach people. We get to have a good time playing golf, but the end of it is really reaching out to people. And uh, it's a great time to uh, gather somebody together with you and... Uh, uh, you know, maybe an unbeliever, bring them to play golf with you, get to know some church people. You know, sometimes we, we don't realize that, you know, we can bring a buddy to play golf or somebody to play golf or just come to the, to, to the you know, golf tournament afterwards to get a snack and see people and they meet people. See, one of the reasons people don't come to church, they're like, I don't know anybody. And just bringing them, they get to know a few people. And then you invite them, they're like, I can come. I know a few people there. So it's a simple way of reaching out to people to do something fun. And, and then the proceeds go uh, to that. Also, just want to let you know, I'm representing uh, today, New Creation Church, established in 1981. And so y'all, stop by the bookstore, get a t-shirt. Let's all wear our t-shirts tonight and tomorrow night, and then you can wear them beyond that. And uh, it's just really a place, and when people see that, they may not know, but they can go to whatisncc.com and begin to uh, uh, learn about the church, what we're doing here, and uh, who knows, just a walking uh, witness and billboard. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're excited. Uh, uh, every service, we're going to have different testimonies and different things going on. And so every service, just a little bit different as we celebrate what God has done. And to this evening and tomorrow, you don't want to miss it. Pastor Craig and Sharon will be sharing uh, the word of God, uh, maybe sharing some memories. Uh, don't know. We've just given them freedom to share what they want. Uh, they can cast out devils, uh, prophesy, lay hands on the sick. They can do whatever. Uh, they feel led to do. Um, but, uh, man, I'll tell you, uh, when I was 22 years old, I moved to Glenwood Springs, and uh, God sent me here uh, to work 
really with them. The church was about a year old and had just started uh, working. God sent me here to help them. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, I'm going there to help with whatever. But they have helped me develop my life, helped me uh, really uh, be the person I'm supposed to to, to be and, and fed into my life, and uh, I'm not there yet, but they're still a part of my life uh, helping me with those things. That God created a divine appointment almost uh, 40 years ago that changed my life, that really increased my spiritual family. They've been uh, really, you know, there's different people that have, have fed my life spiritually, but they're really spiritual mom and dad. They fed me uh, uh, spiritually, but they fed me physically. Uh, Pastor Sharon used to feed me uh, on a regular basis. Without her, I would not eat broccoli to this day. Um, I hated broccoli, but you know, there's one thing. When you're a, a young man uh, working construction and you get hungry, uh, you'll eat. And so if the only thing there or part of the only thing there is broccoli, you eat broccoli. And I learned to like broccoli and so it changed my life forever. In a number of different ways, but uh, you all would not be here. And if you're new here, you may not know this. We all would not be here without the faithfulness and the dedication and determination, the love for God, and the belief that God had something to establish right here in this valley that was really bigger than them. But they decided to obey God, to believe God, to sacrifice for the call of God for us. And so I want them to just greet you, to share just a, a little bit with you this morning. Make sure you come back tonight, but put your hands together. Give a NCC welcome to Pastor Craig and Sharon McCune as they come. I'm glad you like broccoli. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yay. Praise the Lord. Well, give a hand to Mark and Tasha. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So good. We, uh, we came here, yes. You can sit down. Seated. And we uh, crank things off, but they've taken it on to where it is wow. now. So Amen. praise God for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Amen. So, and so good. We are, uh, we're very proud of them, and we're very uh, honored to be, have been a part of what God's doing on the Western Slope and beyond of Colorado. And um, what can you say? God's good. God is good. He's faithful. He can be trusted. And he'll surprise you at every turn. Praise the Lord. Yes, he will. Well, uh, we're just, we're happy to be here, like he said, just to celebrate 40 years of affecting the Western Slope. That's exciting, isn't it? And the world. I mean, it's gone around the world, but really celebrating um, what Mark and Tasha have done as far as building a form. Now, I've never poured concrete, but I have been around when they do it. And they make forms so that things go in the right place to produce what you need to walk on or step on or whatever. And I just believe they are master builders at putting a form together. Now, a form with no power is nothing. But if you have a form and it's filled with power, it's amazing. Amen. And I believe that's what's happened here. There's, there's forms where people can come in and they can find places to connect and they can grow up into Christ. They can find their true identity. They can see that the enemy is defeated and they can rise up 
in all that God's called him to be. And so that's you guys. And so we are so excited to celebrate all that uh, God is doing and will continue to do in this place. Let's do this real quick. This won't take long. But if you've been healed at some point over the last 40 years or know someone that's been healed (laughs) over the last 40 years, raise your hand. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that's one, of, that's one of God's favorite things to do is to heal the sick because he did not make us to be sick. He made us to be whole, strong, and bold. But there is a fault. We live in a fallen earth. Adam and Eve, you know the story. I'm not going to go through that. But because of that, there's sickness in the earth. And Jesus came to redeem us from that. And this is one of the places that you can find out about your redemption and find out that you have been redeemed from sickness. And not only redeemed from it, but you can get well and get restored and get on with your life. Praise God. Thank God for that. Just thank him for it. Father, we thank you for healing today. In Jesus' name. I'm just going to finish with this. It's not just that you've been redeemed something, but to something. Yeah, to something. To life. So you have been redeemed from sickness and poverty and the second death, but you've been redeemed to Jesus Christ. Right. That's right. Into Praise his heart, his heart of love. And he loves you so yeah. much. And yeah. there's nothing that will surpass knowing his love for you. That's the truth. And you find that out when you come to this place because it's filled with his love. Yeah. You are loved so, here. Amen. Let me real quickly share this with you. Um, one of the reasons that uh, we're celebrating 40 years of New Creation Church is because God has done tremendous things. Built upon, built, He's built, He's taken us from faith to faith and from glory to glory, mm-hmm. and built a uh, built an edifice whereby He can be glorified. And why is that? Because He wants the whole state of Colorado and the and the nation of the United States and the world in which we are privileged to live to know what he's done for every human being. That's the reason behind all this. It's not so that we can find jobs because we couldn't do anything else. That's not the point. The point is that God loves his creation. He loves the planet and he loves the people on the planet. He made it all and he is not finished. And we are privileged to have been brought from wherever we came from 40 years ago under this moment of time to celebrate what the Lord has done, to celebrate our growth in Christ, to celebrate our identification in Christ Mm -hmm. so that we can solidly go forth and do more to represent him. Praise God. Amen. We want to thank all of you for sticking with it. Some of you have been here the whole time. The whole time. That's unheard of. I don't know what's wrong with you. (laughs) But we thank you anyway. God bless you all. Amen. We have a divine purpose to fulfill. 
It's farther reaching than this little place, this little building. It's farther reaching than just Sunday morning. It reaches out beyond this city, this, this valley. It reaches out into this region. It even reaches out into the world. It's bigger than you. I know there's a lot more to it because it has to do with saving souls and, and reaching the community and filling the place up. But I don't know how and I don't know when, and, but I do know why. We're going to finish. We're going to build up this property. We're going to pay for it. I don't know what that means, but I know for some businessmen, I'd lay a hold of it because it means that money's got to come through me. We're going to pay for it. We're going to break trail so the next generation, they can take on something even bigger, something even better. There will be a large enough church, enough income to start really, if Jesus tarries, really impacting things even greater than ever before. But there's an anticipation for this generation to step in to something that others obviously, because we've been around 2,000 years, obviously others have abdicated to another generation. And we too can abdicate it to another generation or we can sense the day that we live in, set aside some stuff and step in and make this our day, make this our time, really every day saying, God, why not me? Why not here? Why not now? Praise the Lord. So again, we bring that back. Why not us? Why not right here? Why not right now? There's no better time, no better place for the moving of the Spirit of God than right now. No better place than right here. No better people on the face of the earth than you all. Amen? God's been preparing us for 40 years. Not to just come to a place and stop, but he has been preparing us for what he has prepared for us. And that statement that we use over and over is because we're moving at the speed of life. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. And I do know one thing, as you get older, it seems to go by faster. But it's moving, and though you'd like to say, could we stop this thing? It really doesn't stop. It continues to move day after day. And so tomorrow's going to come. And whatever is in tomorrow will be present in tomorrow. And we as a body of Christ, we as a church, we as the people of God can be prepared for what is in tomorrow and the next day and next year. And we can occupy that place that God brings us into. That we can be a light in the midst of darkness. We can be a help where there's a struggle. We can be healing where there's sickness and disease. We can be deliverance where there's bondage. We can be prepared to occupy that place and be influential in that place. Or we can choose to be occupied by it. And the enemy has a plan to bring so much confusion and so much difficulty and so much trouble that all of a sudden we get distracted and we become occupied by what's being said and what's being done in this world system that's controlled by him. But God says, I put the kingdom of God on the inside of you. And there's a difference between those who live according to the kingdom of God and those who live according to the kingdom that rules this world. And there's a place where we're being prepared even greater to occupy the places to come, to stand strong and to deliver what comes from the inside out and not be affected by what comes from the outside in. Paul said there is a treasure 
There is a valuable treasure that dwells in you and dwells in me. See, Paul knew what was there, and he said, this is so valuable, I'm just going to call it a treasure. And it's in an earthen vessel that it might be made known that the power is not of us, but it is of God. You know, years ago, uh, uh, um, when my, my kids were small, when the first Aladdin came out, you know, I was sitting there watching that. Some of you have been here for 40 years. You're like, man, you've been telling that for 40 years. Well, that's the thing to go back. But, you know, I'm just watching Aladdin, and, you know, uh, uh, the Aladdin is asking the genie. You know, the genie wants to get out, and he's asking him about that. And all of a sudden, you know, that place where, where the genie, you know, he comes out of the, the lamp, and he's, he gets all big and strong. He's like, oh, this cosmic power. And then he goes into the lamp, and you hear this squeaky little voice in this itty-bitty living space. And I was watching that, and it was like the Spirit of God said, that's what you're like. That's what you're like. You have all of this earth-creating, yoke-destroying, life-giving power, but you're not realizing it because it's in this itty-bitty living space. And Paul recognized that, and he said, listen, all this power that created heaven and earth, all this power that raised Jesus from the dead, it dwells in this place, and we think about how large it is, and we think it's restricted because it lives on the inside of us, but God wants to take the top off. And Paul said, I live from the inside out, so that though I'm hard-pressed on every side, I'll never be crushed. Though I'm persecuted, I know I'll never be forsaken. Though I'm perplexed at what's going on, I'll never be in dismay. Because God has prepared us to live from the inside out and not the outside in. And he's declared that there is a space in time that he's called the age of the church. In which he's preparing his body, the church, to stand tall and to respond to the things that will go on in this world and to not respond like the world responds, but to respond to them with the power and the wisdom and the influence that comes from the Spirit of God. And we're here today to celebrate what God has done, but not only what he has done, but to understand that if he would do that and bring us to this place, that he will fulfill what he has prophesied about this place. And it may go beyond us, and it may even go beyond our lifetime, but that's what we need to understand is being faithful in what we have to do right now is actually doing something that is preparing something better for a generation that will come if Jesus tarries. That we don't live our life only concerning what we have to do with right now because God is not a temporal God. God is an eternal God. And because he's an eternal God, he can deal with what's right now in such a scope of eternity. But when you think about temporal things, you're trying to deal with things that are right now and tomorrow they won't be. And so we get overwhelmed with today and what's going on today. And all of a sudden, tomorrow, the next day, everything has changed. But God gives us the ability throughout this eternal life to deal with the temporal with eternity in view. And so he is preparing you. He's brought you for such a time as this. You're in this time. We're celebrating this 40th anniversary, not by accident. 
God didn't look down and say, oh, man, I made a mistake. John, I really meant for you to live in the time of the book of Acts. I goofed up big time in the time-space continuum and brought you here. No, he didn't do that. He's not confused. He knows exactly what day we live in. We're like, God, what is going on out there? Uh, 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 What's going on in the world? What did you do? God says, I didn't make a mistake. I put you here for such a time as this. And I've made the word to be so open that you might receive that faith is there to be developed at such a rapid pace that even as the enemy is on a move, that if the people of God will embrace my word and the power of it, there is rising, even though it seems like the world seems to be churning and coming up, there's an arising of the church that is far bigger, that is far stronger, that is more able than we've ever seen before. It's an age where the church will show forth the power of God like it's never been seen before because where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And I believe that God is fixing to unleash some grace and some power in lives of people to take you beyond what you ever dreamed, hoped, asked, or thought. That God's going to put you in front of people you never thought you'd be standing in front of. And he's going to put words in your mouth to declare something that will penetrate past the word of God that is alive. To penetrate past their emotion, past their feeling, right into their spirit. That he's going to put you in places where you don't even know, but all of a sudden you sense there is coming in a building that there will be a release of power to set the captive free. That you'll find your place, you'll find yourself standing in a place and saying, boy, this is more than I ever could have hoped for. This is more than I ever could have dreamed of. You won't get that by looking outward, but God says, because of that that's going on out there, I'm bringing up a church. Because where darkness will cover the earth, he's already prophesied it, where darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Those who will arise and shine with the glory of God for that generation, those who are in darkness will be drawn to the brightness of your rising. God has been preparing us for this very time, this very season of life, that there would be an arising, there would be a standing tall, there would be a strengthening of Christ's body so that those who are out there who have no understanding of what's going on, they have no understanding of the time and the day that we live in, they can be drawn to the brightness of our rising. Amen? And he's been working all of this since before we even knew. We're celebrating 40 years of New Creation Church being established in Glenwood Springs, but God saw it far beyond that. God saw it before and began to prepare and to place on the inside of people and to place on the inside of Pastor Craig and Sharon a desire, a seeing, and a knowing that they would come to Glenwood Springs and begin to plant a church that was built on faith in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit of God. I remember back in the early days when we, I think it was the first letterhead that we had, that we put New Creation Church. Uh, Now I forgot I had it. Preaching, (laughs) Preaching faith and victory through the love of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Faith and victory through the love of Jesus Christ. To establish 
something that would really show that we have victory through faith in Jesus Christ, that what Jesus has done has caused us to be overcomers in life and to plant something in a place that people could arise knowing that sin can no longer have to dominion, uh, have dominion over our life, but we can have the Spirit of God lead us and guide us and direct us. Thank God that was implanted in their hearts, that they would come here and establish something that would be built upon by the presence of God, and it would be labored over by many of you. It would be labored over. The people who prayed for a work like that to be raised up would join in and put their hand to the plow. And we enjoy this building. We enjoy this campus, this facility. We enjoy what God has done. We enjoy the children's facility and all that. But without the labor and the faith of those who have gone before, without the faith of Pastor Craig and Sharon, without the labor of those who have gone before, Dan and Karen, at the very beginning, the labor that they put in and the teaching of the word of God and the standing. And 40 years later, they're still doing small group. Teaching people the word of God, joining people together for the very vision and the very purpose. I started to get into name calling, not like calling people names, but calling out names. <laughs> the, the, the first service, and so I'm not going to do that because I'll get in trouble. Somebody get mad at me for not mentioning. But listen, there are people that you don't even know that faithfully worked with nursery, with children people who faithfully worked with the labor of their hands, building, not just in this building. <laughs> when I first got here and we were in the Lutheran building, they gave us a space for offices. So I remember helping Pastor Craig. We had to put up a wall and make an office there. Everywhere we went, we had to do a little bit of remodel. We had to do a little bit of building. And then we moved in, uh, you know, behind the mall uh, back there. You know, they, when I got here, they started in the basement of the Hotel Colorado. We were in the Lutheran Church there on Grand Avenue, Good Shepherd Lutheran Church. And then we moved from there to Midland Avenue where uh, it's not the point now. It's, it's another church now. Uh, but we were there for a while. We had a, a, a Christian school in that facility there. Um, then we moved over in the business center behind the mall, and that's where uh, the preschool was established, and uh, uh, we, we worked on one end, and we totally uh, took an empty space, and we built the preschool, uh, the inside of the preschool, to really launch that ministry into our community. And there were people there day and night putting in their sweat equity. And without that, we may look at that facility over here, but without that, we don't have this. And God is always looking at that. God is a generational God. God sees the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. And though sometimes we get caught in our day-to-day, -day, God is always working with us. He's meshing together. He's a generational God. He's the God, uh, Genesis chapter 50, when Moses was saying, who shall I say uh, sent me? He said, you go tell them that I am that I am sent you. He said, you go to the children of Israel and tell them that the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob sent you as a memorial, my name to those who are under me will be I am that I am for all generations to come. And God was looking at that and he said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I was talking to somebody in the parking lot after first service. I said, you know what? Over 40 years, three to four generations spring forth. 
I mean, we could say as we're going through it, the God of Alan, the God of his sons and the uh, God of his grandsons. All in this 40 years, we've seen three generations spring forth. God's seeing generationally. You may think this is just my lifetime, but God sees your lifetime, and then he sees your children and their children and their grandchildren, and he sees your grandchildren and their children and their grandchildren, and he says, I want to establish something that generationally will be a blessing to those people, and as they grow up, it'll be a blessing to their community because those grandchildren, they'll come into a different time and a different season if Jesus tarries, but having come up in a place that God has established in a covenant that they realize that they are sons and daughters of God and they faithfully commit to the people of God will reach a community and infect, infect and affect a community. God's always looking generationally. He's not just looking at your trouble. He's looking to get you through so that you overcome, so that your children will realize the power of God to get through and be blessed. And your grandchildren will receive something better because of your faithfulness. And they'll understand the power of God to take them through difficulty. So they'll never sit back and they'll never draw back. Open up your Bibles to Hebrews, the 10th chapter. I took a little bit more time in the introduction, so I'll have to cut this a little bit short. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. I just want to tell you right now, no matter what's going on, as we celebrate these 40 years, as we celebrate what God has been doing all along, whatever comes your way, don't cast away your confidence because it has great reward. Your confidence in who God is and what he's done through Jesus Christ has great rewards for you as you walk it out. He says you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. See, we're waiting on God, but you and I have need of endurance because there's some things yet to be done that God is saying, come on, get, get, get up and get about what I've told you to do. Come on, there's things about to happen if you just keep doing the will of God, if you stay with it. Don't get tired. Don't get weary. Your harvest is right there. If you don't get tired, if you don't get weary in well-doing, you'll reap if you faint not. So he's saying, you know what? You could faint. You could give up. You could get tired. You could get discouraged. But I've equipped you with strength to fulfill the call. And it may look like you're tired right now and it's not going to produce anything. But stay with it because harvest time is coming. Manifestation of the promise is coming. So you have need of endurance. You have need to stay with it for a little while longer. Because God's still working faithfully to accomplish what he's promised. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come, and he will not tarry. See, you may be looking at a promise that God promised you, but everything that we're working towards is because Jesus is coming again. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Jesus is coming again. So he says all this. He said, you have need of endurance. Do the will of God, because there's a promise and even though it seems like, wait, wait, wait a minute, they've been talking about Jesus coming for a long time. No, he's coming again, and he's coming for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And he's preparing us for that place where the groom will come to get his bride and take her away. 
So don't get weary in doing good. Continue. And don't think, well, I can't wait till he comes. Because if there's somebody out there that doesn't know Jesus and he comes, they'll be forever lost. And because we know he's coming again. He's not tarrying just to tarry. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And so for us to do the will of God, lives will be affected. He said, now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back. Come on, New Creation Church. We are not of those who draw back. But we are of those who press in to the saving of souls. Goes on to say in verse 1 of chapter 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Clarence Jordan's translation says, faith is turning dreams into deeds, is betting your life on betting your life on unseen realities. Come on, New Creation Church was established on faith in God, faith in the blood of Jesus, faith in the price that was paid, not just believing that he existed, but believing that he was the Son of God, the Messiah, the one who paid the price, broke the power of sin, paid to buy you back out of sin, purchased your eternal redemption. And by his blood, there's healing and there's deliverance, there's freedom, there's wholeness. By the anointing of the power of God that we can move around as individuals anointed by the Spirit of God to bring deliverance to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, that we can declare the year of the Lord right now. It's time for the Lord to act, that your debt has already been paid. He goes right after that, and he lists a ton of people who, by faith, by faith built an ark, by faith had sons and daughters, by faith subdued kingdoms, by faith stopped the mouths of the lions, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. 39, it says this, and all these have obtained a good testimony through faith. In other words, we look back and say, wow, look at that ark that he built. Wow, Abraham, Isaac had Isaac by faith and then Jacob. And man, look at David who by faith was a man after God's own heart and defeated the giants of the land. Man, look at those people. It says they got a good testimony but they did not receive the ultimate promise that they were looking for. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. They did everything that they did looking to Jesus coming to the earth, looking to the cross, the sacrifice that was needed for each one. They labored. They did their work. They believed God. They built the ark. But in the ark, it saved his family. But ultimately, it saved us. David defeated Goliath and the enemies of God, and it may have looked like, what a great victory for David, but that victory was won, and it affected us today. And they did everything that they did looking to the cross, and now he says, from this place, we have a generation to understand their faith and their testimony because we live from the cross to Jesus coming again. We look knowing the Messiah has come and everyone doesn't know about it. So we have a message and a, a life that we live by faith so that every single person can know the love of God and what God did for them in sending Jesus to break the power of sin and reconcile them to him. 
that that void on the inside of them might be filled up with all that he is and all that he has because that's his desire. The Bible says that he wants to come in and fill us with the fullness of himself. And people are living empty lives wondering, how do I get full? And it's through receiving Jesus Christ and receiving all the fullness of who God is. And so we're here today, not only celebrating what has gone before. We could read this. We could say, by faith. Could go on and on. He keeps recording those who've been faithful. By faith, Craig and Sharon McCune obeyed God and came to Glenwood Springs. By faith, they suffered difficulty and challenges. By faith, they sacrificed, never having seen exactly what was in their heart to see. Thank God we live in, in a place where you can see beyond. But doing all that to prepare something better for us. Something better for us. Those who've gone before, those who've put their hand to building, those who have put their hand to building children's ministry, building the preschool, building buildings and facilities, those who have built outreaches, those who have labored through home groups and building home groups and all the ministries that we have, those who have labored that the churches might be planted in western Colorado, those who have labored, as Tony has, in the nations of the world, maybe not seeing yet everything that God put in their heart, but God always preparing something better that our faith wouldn't be separated, but it would be joined together. One translation said they did everything that they did so that their faith and our faith would be joined in one. We're not doing what we're doing just for us for now, but what we're doing and what we're seeing is for that which is to come. That God has built a place that if Jesus tarries, will affect our children and our grandchildren. If he tarries, it'll affect the generations after them. And we don't want to dishonor those who have served and gone before and labored, laid foundations, and just take for granted that, you know what? The temperature should be perfect. Somebody shouldn't be sitting in my seat or parking in my parking space. Because people went before when there wasn't a parking space. And they didn't get upset and get offended. They said, we're here for something bigger than our parking space. We're here to establish what God has. And we're here not to just enjoy the fruit of someone else's labor, but to know that our faith can be understood and joined with the faith that they put into getting us here to grab a hold of that faith and not let it go, but to grab a hold of it and build something on. And as almost 30 years ago, as Pastor Craig and Sharon handed off the baton to us, having developed and laid a groundwork of faith, there was momentum moving they had established things and momentum moving that is in that momentum we were able to just take it on. If we will do and live by faith in what God's called us to do, there is coming a time and a transition that we will pass it on to another generation. But as it has gone from faith to faith, it will go from faith to faith. As it has gone from glory to glory, it will go from glory to glory. 
God doesn't see New Creation Church coming to an end. He sees it going to a no, whole nother degree of faith, a whole nother degree of glory, that we are in this not just for ourselves. We are experiencing the glory and the splendor of God, but we are in it together so that when we hand it off, there's momentum moving, that when the baton is handed off, there's a momentum moving forward in that race. If you run a relay race and you're running and you're running and you're running and the person take it is standing still, you're going to have a collision. And then you're going to have to start all over again and you're going to have to labor more and you're going to have to get momentum and you're going to have to get it going and you're probably going to fall behind in the race. But God didn't call us to fall behind in the race. That just as people went before and moved this thing forward and we're ready to hand it off and move it forward, even so we have things before us to do. And we don't do them just by labor, but we do them believing that God has something bigger. God has something better. God has an influence that he wants to come to bear upon your life. That when we look out at the world, when we look out at the people that we work with, when the, we look out at the people that we recreate with, and we know that there's trouble in their life, we know that they don't know Jesus Christ, we begin to realize and understand that we are here for such a time as this. We are here for such a people as this. That we begin to see the purpose that we have. And the number one part of that is to save the lost. There are people without Jesus all around us. You say, well, I don't know what I'm called to. I don't know what my ministry is. Well, you've been called out of darkness and into his glorious light. You've been called to become more like Jesus. And less like the person you used to be under sin. And you've been given a ministry called the ministry of reconciliation. That you've been called to tell people that God is not holding their sin against them. See, they believe God's up there just ready to bust them down for their mistakes and send them to hell. We're here to tell them no. Just the opposite. He didn't send Jesus so that he could send you to hell. He sent Jesus to save you from hell. It's your ministry. It's all of our ministry. So we can see the lost saved. Once they're saved, we begin to disciple them and establish them in the faith and the things of God so that their faith will be firm. Their faith will not fail them in difficult times. That they're established to stand on the rock of Jesus Christ knowing in whom they have believed and be persuaded that he's able to keep that which they've committed unto him. To save them, see them saved, to see them established, and then begin to train them to facilitate going out and reaching, to train them in the things, that, their giftings, their callings, their graces, so that we can send them back out. And they can do exactly what you did with them and share the ministry of reconciliation, and we see more people saved. And God started that process, and that process has been going. Most of the time, we don't even notice it. But I believe that everyone is here in this room because of that process that somebody came to you and ministered reconciliation. And you made Jesus the Lord of your life. Then you came into this church or a church like it, and they begin to establish you in the Word of God and faith in the Word of God. And then you begin to realize, I have something to offer. I have gifts and then you begin to go out and share it with others. 
And if you're not all the way to sharing it with others, you're somewhere in that process of discipling and reaching people. But God has a generation in mind. That we celebrate 40 years of what God has done to bring us to this place and to fill this house. But if Jesus tarries, we should be having three or four more services. Because there's a people out there who are lost and without Jesus. And you know him and I know him. And Pastor Craig and Sharon came to Glenwood Springs and put in, if you'll forgive me, uh, these words, but the blood, the sweat, and the tears. When there was nothing, people gathered around them, faithful people gathered around them, and received that message of faith and victory and said, we can do that. As he cast vision, he spoke and he declared, just understand the prophetic word and how it works. Sometimes we like a prophecy and, you know, directly to us, but there's a word that begins to declare something in the earth that makes it come to pass. And he began to declare that this church would be established, that it would have property, that it would have its own facility and its own building. And he not only declared it for years, we were looking for the right place at the right time. When would this come about? How could we afford it? But it was declared into the earth. And he declared it and he stayed with it. And, and he told people, this is what we're going to do. And people said, we can do that. We can do that. And the reason that we're here, almost paid for, ministering to families in the preschool and children and adults, prayer school, Bible school, equipping people for more ministry, it's because they came and they said, this can be done. And people gathered around really just saying, we're going to believe God, we can do this. So I'm just going to go and end with the song we let go of. Come on, don't tell me you can't do it. I know that wasn't the exact words, but I'm messing with you. Because we can't say that he can't do it, but he won't do it without us. And if when there was nothing except a dream that God put in a couple's heart, that them saying, yes, we will go and gather a small group of people that say, yes, we can and bring us to this point, then don't tell me that we can't take it to the next level. Don't tell me we can't take it to the nations of the world. Don't tell me we can't take it to the businesses in the neighborhoods around here. Because if they could do it with what little they had, we can do it with what God's put in our hands. We can do it. Somebody say with me, we can do it. Come on, you can do it. You can do it in your life. You can do it in your family. You can do it with those loved ones around you. You can do it. Because something better has been prepared for us. And now we are ready to prepare something better for those who will come after us. Why don't you stand up? Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify and we glorify you.